Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, the holidays are upon us. We are officially in the middle of it. Thanksgiving has come and gone, and Advent begins today. Christmas is almost here. In fact, my kids have been doing the math every day for the past week or so, and whether there's 30 or 31 days in November always seems to stumble them. The Christmas lists are ever-evolving. We even got all of our Christmas decorations up at home, which is a Christmas miracle for our household for sure. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So they say, and so we sing. And perhaps at this most wonderful time of the year, we are confronted with images, with pictures, and maybe, especially this year, memories of ideal holiday celebrations. A large gathering of people, tons of great food, multiple tables stringed together, maybe even a kid table, young to old, laughter abounds, a sense of family and love. Maybe you even think of that classic Norman Rockwell image of the holidays. You know, the one of the turkey and the family and everyone's smiling and everyone's together in perfect unity and a perfect Thanksgiving, a perfect Christmas meal. There's no arguing over politics. No one is upset that there are no gluten-free options. There exists no tensions in the family. There exists no warring amongst siblings or rivalry existing. The family is nuclear and extended, an image of perfect economic and family bliss. Now, the sentimentality of images like these, on the one hand, they are innocent. But on the other hand, they can be dangerous. If we go beyond sentimental to ideal. In fact, Norman Rockwell's picture was actually based on FDR's For Freedom speech, a picture of an ideal representing the freedom from want. And the picture was meant to portray not life as it is, but as an ideal, an ideal that society should work toward. Now, the problem with ideals is that they can become idols. And for some, this past Thanksgiving didn't live up to the ideal. It didn't live up to the past, the way that we've always done it. Maybe it was your immediate family and just you, and you connected with others via Zoom in front of a laptop. Or maybe it was socially distanced with masks and temperatures taken. Or maybe you were in isolation, quarantined, and left all alone. I know that our Thanksgiving was much different than I expected. The problem with expectations and ideals is that they can become idols. The ideal job, the ideal relationship, the ideal spouse, the ideal children, the ideal boss, the ideal home, the ideal Thanksgiving, the ideal Christmas, the ideal retirement, the ideal whatever you fill in the blank. Sometimes the ideal can become the idol. We can become so enamored with the ideal that we begin to despise the reality of the present. Now, there's a good side to ideals, right? The desire to improve, to be prepared, to have a preferred vision of the future. That's good. But sometimes this sort of aspiration can turn into envy and perfectionism. 
And that's the problem with idealized pictures and expectations. Whether it's a Norman Rockwell image, a commercial advertisement, our own imaginations, or our own experiences of the past, these ideals, these expectations can lead us to see what we have and who we are and our very present reality as insufficient, unworthy, unimportant, unable to be redeemed. Sometimes we find ourselves in circumstances that don't look like the Norman Rockwell ideal we had for our lives. And we wonder if we can thrive and if we can exist in this present reality. Maybe it's a rocky marriage. Maybe it's an ideal for your life that you haven't achieved. Maybe it's the first holiday without a loved one. Maybe it's cancer or disease rearing its ugly head. Maybe it's a job loss or a job change or a job struggle. Or maybe it's a political climate or an injustice or an uneasiness within your soul. Maybe it's a worldwide pandemic. You pictured it differently. And you want God to calm down and fix the situation, the person, the problem, the mess. Anybody ever feel like that before? If you felt like that before, you're not alone. And I have a feeling that this year that most of us are kind of struggling with the ideals we have and the reality that is surrounding us here and now. In fact, 2,700 years ago, Isaiah the prophet, he was a prophet in Judah. He prophesied about the coming of the Babylonians more than 100 years later who would come and take God's people away from Jerusalem to Babylon in exile. And in Isaiah 64, he prophesies in the form of a prayer, a prayer of God's people in exile. They'd been forced to leave their home, to walk 900 miles, probably taking them four months to live in a foreign land and to celebrate all those holidays living in less than ideal circumstances. And so they cry out to God, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. Tremble before you. They're, they're remembering back. The mountains trembled before God at Mount Sinai. God's people were in exile because they had done terrible things. It was the consequence of evil behavior in their lives. They realized this and they're calling out to help because they weren't living in Norman Rockwell ideals like at Mount Sinai. They were remembering a bygone era. They were remembering back to the Exodus. They were remembering when God rescued them from Pharaoh and the Egyptians and slavery. They were remembering when God gave them the promised land. They were remembering when King David and the victory over other nations occurred. And they cry out in prayer as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down, Lord, to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. God's people wanted him to come down and give them the ideal that they longed for in the way that they longed for it. You see, a lot of times we have ideals for the way life should be and the way God should be. And I get it. It's, it's real. It's hard. 
I've prayed, I have talked with a lot of people these past months, this past year, who are living in situations that are not their ideal. Some of them view themselves as less than ideal. That might be you. And I know that most of us, even myself, I'd throw myself into that lot too. I get it. Dear God, rend the heavens and calm down and heal my disease. Heal my friend's disease like you've done before. Come down and give us a vaccine. Come down and give peace to us all. Come down and get us out of this situation. Come down and give us hope. Come down and show us, show me the right decisions, the right way forward. Come down and come down and come down. In many ways, that's actually a good place to start. Three times in Isaiah 64, it talks about God coming down. That's the first thing we have to get straight as God's people. Because we live in a ladder-climbing society, right? you got to climb the ladder of success to get ahead. But if you try that noise with God, it always gets you nowhere. You cannot climb your way to God. God's got to come down to you. Now, eventually, the people of God, the Israelites, they they got it. We saw it in verse 6 of that prayer when they said, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We get it. God's got to come down to us. But sometimes we want him to come down on our terms, the way he's come before, to live up to our ideals. We want him to bring us a Norman Rockwell holiday in the middle of this pandemic. Where the people in exile, the people that cried out, rend the heavens and come down. They wanted God to come down in power, in deliverance, with force and with might, in their ideal picture of how it should go. But ultimately, 700 years later after Isaiah's prophecy, God answered their prayer on his time, in his way. What? 700 years? Don't make us wait that long for a vaccine, God, please. Eventually, God did rend the heavens and come down. Just not the way they expected Now, I know it's Advent and we got to wait for Christmas, but I think we can wait and we can celebrate Christmas all at once. Because Advent was never meant to dictate when we can put up our Christmas tree or if we can sing Christmas carols now or not. It was meant to think about waiting and yearning for God to come down in his time, in his way. So we're going to look at just a little bit of Christmas this morning. You remember Matthew chapter 1 after the big, long genealogy, which is awesome. Please read it. But we see another believer living in the tension of less than ideal circumstances. And yet God comes down. Matthew chapter 1 verse 17. Thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David. 14 from David to the exile to Babylon. That's Isaiah 64 prayer. And 14 from the exile to the Messiah. Verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. 
Now, I'm pretty sure Joseph's ideal present and future involved getting married, having kids, living out a prosperous life as a faithful follower of God. Not some crazy story about his fiancée getting pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And now he was forced to divorce her, but how would he do it? Verse 19, Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her, Mary, to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce divorce her quietly. Joseph was a godly man, so he acted with grace, and he went forward in these less-than-ideal circumstances. And it's kind of right at that moment that we could see Joseph lose his Norman Rockwell image of his life. An ideal. And that's why ideals based on our imaginations always leave us wanting. But God did come down to Joseph in a surprising and shocking way. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. That was the very first advent. What I love about that is we see the prayer of Isaiah 64 answered 14 generations later in a poor peasant girl and her carpenter fiance who were living in less than ideal circumstances. God came down in a dream to a worried husband who was about to divorce his wife-to-be. God came down. And that's where the familiar Christmas, the familiar songs come to the fore. O come, O come, Emmanuel, bring hope. Savior of the nations, come. The King shall come. The advent of our King. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Till from heaven you came running. Come thou long expected Jesus. Here comes heaven, Christ is born. And God came down in a lowly manger to Joseph, to Mary, to all humanity, past, present, and future in the midst of less than ideal circumstances. Jesus was not born into a Norman Rockwell idealism. In fact, he was born into circumstances much more akin to a COVID-19 Christmas. He didn't wait for us to get it together. He didn't wait for all disease to be eradicated. He didn't wait for the world to be perfect or ideal. He came to us just as we are, just as the world is, imperfect, broken, less than ideal, messy lives, messy world. The message of Advent and Christmas is that the God that we are waiting for, yearning to come into our lives, comes to us just as we are right here, right now. 
Not as the person that we are trying to be or as the person we have promised to be or so badly want to be or even the person we portray to others or some post-pandemic version of ourselves, but the people that we actually are. He comes down to you and to me and every one of us just as we are, the people that we are, the families that we are, the congregation that we are, the world as it is hurting and struggling, broken and yearning to be made whole. And I think it's important for us to pause and stop right there and let that reality sink in. Is there room to improve in our lives, in our marriages, in our families, in our congregation? Yes. But if we're ever going to change, it starts with the powerful blessing of knowing that who we are right at this very moment is loved by God. And I hope that this Advent, the very radical fact that just as God surprised Joseph and Mary and all of humanity by coming down to us in less than ideal circumstances, in the vulnerability of the manger and the scandal of the cross, that we might be open. We might be open to embracing our less than ideal lives right now. In fact, I know of no one who is saying, this is the Thanksgiving, this is the Advent, this is the Christmas I imagined a year ago. But this is our reality. And perhaps we can be open and trust that God can come down in the midst of it all in ways that we might never have expected. And not only Not only that, but that he might come down to others through us. An Advent gift that was given to me many years ago was the knowledge of something called the Advent Conspiracy. I've mentioned it many times before, but I'd like to do it again. There's four parts to it. Worship fully, spend less, give more, love all. Worship fully, spend less, give more, love all. May God come down to us. May God come down to you in your less than ideal circumstances. And may he come down to others through you. To your family, to your friends, to your co-workers, to your life group, to your neighbors, to the vulnerable children of our community. And instead of Norman Rockwell, I think we can see a more profound picture of God coming down to us and through us as he came down 2,000 years ago in the vulnerability of the manger and the scandal of the cross. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. King of heaven, come down to us, we pray. Amen.